Welcome to episode two of Reimagine Law, a new podcast about legal education and law careers. Now, we aim to empower listeners through accessible and practical discussions. So we're four co-hosts, sponsors. We've got Nigel from the Saeed Business School in Oxford, Simon from My Kind of Future, Kerry from Jared Consulting, and I'm Fran from the Queen Mary Legal Advice Centre. Now, we're going to kick off today with where we ended episode one. So episode one was called Know Thyself, and we're absolutely delighted to welcome Melina Gombo to talk us through the actions that we set to listeners at the end of the last episode. So welcome, Melina. Hi, my name is Melina Gombo. Uh, Thank you, Fran, for the warm introduction. I am a final year law student from Queen Mary University of London, and I've done not the typical three-year LLB, I've done a four-year LLB. And I spent my third year out in Auckland, New Zealand, studying law for a whole year. And it was a really um, invaluable experience for me. And so I've kind of been reflecting on the action points based off the last episode, and I'm going to answer them for you today. So in terms of where I get my energy from, as someone who would definitely consider themselves to be an extrovert, I really enjoy the company of other people. And I find joy with like discussing with like my flatmates, current topical issues. I was like an active part of Pro Bono Society's um, Green Law, which is an environmental sector of the Pro Bono Society. Um, And so I've always had a real uh, passion and joy and been really energized by social justice issues, such as environmental issues or something more topical like um, race issues. And this kind of feeds into what values I find to be quite important to me. So I listed a few and I really think kindness and compassion and these are typical values that a lot of people um, often use but I think they go a long way particularly when you're thinking about social justice issues if we're all able to have a sense of compassion for all members of our society but then also a general compassion kind of for the very planet that we live on and so like as such I, I would really say like a core value of mine really is kind of social justice matters and In terms of linking this to a certain career path, it's really something I've struggled with throughout my whole law degree. I think the issue that I found and talking to a lot of my friends that we all found is you're immediately like pushed into this commercial law um, kind of sector. And it can wash away a lot of the initial passions that you had for law and what made you want to pursue law as a career. And it's only something that I've regained again in my final year when you and that's typically the year that you have the most choice in your modules. And looking at my module choices from health law, labor law, employment law, street law, these are all very people-based laws. And it really did kind of allow me to refine, like linking my career choice to my values. I'm not 100% certain what I'm gonna do after uni, but I definitely am thinking more about labor law or environmental law, or even working within policy or research. And I particularly think that as a young black woman, working within research and policy, my voice would be very crucial to kind of speak for members of our society who are maybe disadvantaged and aren't typically represented in these fields. Um, And in terms of the different groups of people who I trust and go to for advice, I would really say my friends. I've been lucky enough to have a group of friends who I've known since I was 11. And I've also been lucky enough to have a really good group of friends from uni who are a bit more diverse. And so I have a nice good kind of collective of people from different walks of life with different opinions who kind of act as my um, personal advisory board. So yeah, that's kind of my action points discussion. 
Thanks so much, Melina. Um, just to pick up on one point you mentioned about the different module choices at university, giving you that freedom to perhaps develop your journey, if, if mm. I can phrase it like that. Um, you know, do you think the fact that the law LLB, that the, the degree program, you know, has these sort of elements you must do for qualifying is, is restrictive on, on the students? Um, I would definitely say so, because I think I really had no, I really did just kind of lose that interest in law studying land law and like studying I guess criminal law was interesting and taught because it's just oftentimes not really reflective of kind of what pushed you to get into law in the first place and I I think anyone that I've studied with this year and last year has kind of echoed this in discussions with each other. Great thank you and um, well we're delighted that you're able to stay with us for the rest of this podcast and um, let's move the discussions on to the topic and theme for this week which is powerful questions of yourself and others. So perhaps I could hand straight over to Nigel to kick us off. Wonderful. Well, very good to be on the on the podcast again, Fran, and, and thank you. Um, Melina, that was really fascinating, a really interesting insight. One thing that you said, actually, that made me think of some of the ways I've tried to help people with, with careers when doing coaching or when we've been doing lots of the development work, you, you mentioned that, that some, some areas had interested you and your values around things that were people-based. You know, and you mentioned the healthcare and, and, and that kind of law and the environmental law. And it made me think, actually, Fran, um, that there's that, that thought of are we, do we, enjoy, do we enjoy being in jobs or in roles which they're more, where there's more um, task focus or relationship focus? And I think I think that's um, I think that's perhaps an interesting thing to to think about when we're thinking about careers and we're thinking about our pathways and what questions might I ask myself. I think that thought of actually, what do I enjoy doing? Do you know? Do I really enjoy being busy with a task, or actually, am I really at my best and really get a buzz when I'm part of a team? And you know, there's more of a people focus, or as Melina said, when it's actually something where the actual the purpose of what I'm doing is very much a people focus, perhaps about a community. Uh, focus to something so I think that's um I think that's in I think that's interesting to think about you know task focus or relationship focus would be one one question we could ask ourselves thanks Nigel again uh, uh Melina really interesting I just love hearing you know the kind of journey people are on and, and and how they make the decisions that they make one of the things that that really captured my attention when you were talking was about you're still not a hundred percent sure what you want to do yet and certainly my view um, is is there's a lot of pressure, I think, on students to be 100% sure. And my personal senses and, and from my experiences that actually people get too worried about that and it's kind of okay to, to not be 100% sure. And I don't know what reflections you'd have on that, Melina. So I guess I'm asking a question back at you, um, really, about how you feel about not being 100% sure. You, is your sense lots of people are like that? Is the is the view typically with students, if you're not 100% sure, that's a bad thing? Well, I think final year is quite an interesting year because it's when you really do have to start thinking about, I don't have a plan after uni. And it's law has a weird competitiveness because you have a wide range of people who have like VAT schemes or training contracts or people who have just completely rejected law as their career path. And I think there's obviously now this interesting element of the whole COVID-19 situation that we're in. And I think it just, it really changes from day to day. I think I'm okay with not being 100% sure on what I want to do because I think I have a whole life ahead of me and I can figure that out kind of 
going through jobs and learning more about myself in the in exactly the same way I've done through my degree but then also there's this terror like terrorizing element of do you feel like you've wasted your time having done this degree and not necessarily wanting to get into the field or not being sure if the field is something that will work for you so it's kind of what I've experienced Thanks, Melina. That's really interesting. And I think that a lot of people are fearful of um, needing to make a decision and having that sense of um, uncertainty. And and especially, as you mentioned, the world in which we're living right now is ever changing and really quite destabilizing um, for for all of us, in fact. Um, However, um, I think it's taking that long term view, um, as as, as you say. And and I, I was really interested to hear um about your values and the the, the, you know, the kindness and the and the compassion element of that sitting right at the core um and i think one one quite sort of powerful question people can ask themselves is uh, when considering what their values are because it's quite a deep thing it's a, you know, it does require some deep thinking um is to reflect on the times when you felt you're really happy um and trying to think through which values are are, are being met here in this moment um, or in that moment, if you're looking back. Um, And likewise, you know, when you've got, when you've got upset, frustrated, irritated about something, which values weren't being met. Um, And I I remember um, Sran mentioned last time um, we spoke, uh, I think all of us at some point have had some kind of career change um, in our lives. And that's, that's really is becoming quite the norm right now. Um, so to your point about making a decision that's going to last forever, just not going to be the case. That's not the world we live in anymore. Um, but when I had to really dig deep to think through, uh, you know, where, where was I going to go next with my career? It was, it was back to my value base, looking at the environments in which I thrived um, over the course of my career so far. But in, you know, and if you're starting out in a career, you don't need to um, think through necessarily work environments, but more um, any, any kind of situation where you have felt happy or sad or, um, and, and where you've got your energy from. So uh, I think that's um, a, a really kind of nice question to ask yourself. Um, just on that point about values, in terms of matching yourself to an industry, uh, an area of law or an employer that fits with your values, um, do we have any suggestions on, on how you might do that? You know, we, we've called this episode Powerful Questions of Others. How do we get that link and, and that match going? I, I, Fran, just one thought from me would be talk to people. Because I think we talked about this on the first one, but the but the idea of almost what you might see on the website, but then what does that look like? in real life you know my big my big thought there is actually again we talked about networks and who might be your personal boardroom melina as well but that thought of actually talking talking to people um i think might be you know might that would be a, a good first step yeah and just to build on that Nigel, i think um and we talked about this last time is be curious it's a really good thing to be you know some people might call it nosy but you know just just do some finding out and and i'm a big fan of asking stupid questions and they're the ones you feel really embarrassed to ask and that's why I think going to people who you feel the greatest level of trust with is really important so you can ask those questions because they're tough questions to ask you certainly will be you know I know for a lot of students it's really unnerving to go ask a 
you know, a, a recruiter, what, what, you know, what about this and what about that for fear of being judged? So that's a stupid question to ask, and therefore they're going to black mark you forever. And whenever you try and do and, and, and head forward, you know, they're going to see on your application, oh, is that person who asked that lunatic question? The reality is I've completely forgotten. But I do think it's really important to, to ask those really fundamental questions so that you understand. And almost the more stupid the questions are, um, uh, the, um, uh, yeah, the, the, yeah, the more stupid they are, the better, really. Absolutely right, Simon. I think right now we've got a great opportunity. Um, a lot of our clients, um, I know, are planning furiously for the next sort of season in terms of recruitment. Um, and uh, there, there are going to be so many virtual events out there, which actually makes it far more accessible to ask those kind of questions. Um, you know, if you want to, you, you can do that anonymously. Um, there are so many forums uh, and, and more and more networks springing up as well um, across the piece to, to link people up um, to mentoring schemes um, and, and just with like-minded people, uh, you know, potential uh, students that are wanting to get into law, those that are already in law, those that are coming out the other side having qualified. Um, so it's all those people are, are, are sort of available as part of this broader network if you don't already have, um, you know, those those connections yourself and I think the virtual aspect of the world in which we are living and the way things are going to be conducted certainly in the short term and arguably for the long term um, by by um, organizations going forward trying to attract young people into law um, will give a much more accessible uh, inclusive platform for that and for those those kind of questions to be asked. One question that's really stayed with me, actually, um, Kerry was, and Simon and Fran was, uh, and Melina was, was someone that came up to me on one of the open days that we had at, had at the firm one day at a lunch, and they said, "What's the what's the pace like of the organisation? How how quick does it feel when you're working here?" And and I just thought, gosh, that's a really that's a really interesting question, you know, in terms of, and I, when we explored it a bit more, and you know, we chatted a bit more, it was that thought of almost. You know how entrepreneurial does it feel? Does it feel quick? Does it feel there's ideas being generated, innovation, and you know? And, but I thought I thought that was a really nice question. What does the pace feel like? And almost what environment? How quick would you like the organisation to feel that you work in, and the environment you you want to feel? Um, one of the things that I'm obviously passionate about is pro bono, and I quite often am used to seeing you know websites saying that somebody might have a commitment to pro bono, and then I like to try and do some fishing about what does that actually mean at that particular organisation. So, for example, is there an allocation of billable hours within a solicitor's firm that's dedicated to pro bono? Do they have a paid member of staff that might be dedicated to pro bono, or is it just a surface level discussion? And you know, I think that's really topical, especially at the moment with the Black Lives matter um, movement um, and what people say and what people add well sorry what companies say and advertise but then actually what the practices really are yeah thanks Fran I, I think that's really resonated about this getting under the skin and not being afraid to dig a bit more I, I think it's too easy in our fast-paced world just going to on from one topic to the next topic to the next topic and actually stopping and going to your point okay what kind of pro oh yeah we do loads of pro bono rather than going Oh, good. Well, great. Okay, what's my next question? What is that? And, and how much time does it involve? And give me some examples of the stuff you've done. And, and why has that been so powerful? So I really think that, and of course, that's a really important skill. You know, that ability to get beneath the surface uh, of what you're doing. So I think you've absolutely picked up on a really great, um, a, a really great point there. 
Yeah, and the other thing I'd just add to that, Simon, is um, don't just ask one person the question. Ask several people the same question. Do, do they align? Um, you know, are they all singing from the same hymn sheet? Do, do you believe them? Um, and, and also, you know, that different people have different perspectives on the same issue. So uh, just ask, ask, ask. Um, and just kind of building up on, on the points, especially for someone like Fran, you were talking about going beneath that surface level. When you have a real um, social justice kind of air draw, like if you have a real value system that you follow through a lot of firms, I feel like all have these kind of like buzzwords, like we're green, we're inclusive, we're diverse. Um, and it's about asking those questions because you don't want to end up somewhere that really actually doesn't reflect kind of the values or isn't where you really want to be. And I would also just kind of say what Carrie said and talking to multiple people, because you go into like, I don't know, uh, law fair and every firm's going to say the same thing. We have an open door policy. We're really relaxed. We're really friendly. We're really inclusive. And that might not be the case. And so you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't investigate. And just to, just to add, it just made me think of, of one of the things about networking and Melina that I always used to say to people, which was um, which was that thought, again, on the questioning. And so, Simon, you mentioned the, follow, the following up point. You know, as you said, be curious. It, it, you know, it's a real skill, that, that thought of actually listening. And when, when they said, oh, yeah, we do this, or, yeah, there's 60 hours for you to be able to do that and say, okay, but, yeah, but how many of the people actually use those hours? Or actually, what, do they, what types of projects do, do, they get, do, do they get, you know? But so follow up and be curious, as, as you said, uh, Simon. And there was just one more point I wanted to pick up on, which was such a good point that Melina flagged, which is around that there's too often a risk with students studying law and they decide not to, to pursue the law. And they, there's a risk they feel that's wasted time. And it's, it, it, it really isn't. And I think that's a really important message for people to get. One of the great things actually about studying law is is the is it's a terrible cliche but the kind of transferable skills it gives you but it really it doesn't narrow your options it really doesn't um i, I think it, it, if, if anything it keeps them really broad and really open all i would say is from my experience is is you need to develop a really compelling reason and a really authentic reason as to why you haven't wanted to pursue that option because a lot of employers do feel if they've, if you've seen you've done a law degree why the hell haven't you become a lawyer then? So um, uh, do uh, really be, uh, uh, you, know, you need to create a really strong and believable story as to why not. But please, please, please don't think it's wasted time because it really isn't. Great. Okay. Well, let's start to now think about the practical part of this podcast, which is where we invite listeners to consider doing some action points based on what we've discussed. So this is the idea of, of, of values here and, and questions. Um, one thing that immediately strikes me is perhaps um, our listeners could, could go online and, and look up different co companies or organisations within the field that they want to go in and see if they can find a match for their values within that field. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be very creative and I go back to something that I'm going to steal partly of other people's ideas. I, I, I think that what's the follow-up question you're going to ask to the obvious question, uh, I think would be a really, really valuable thing because that's always a thing that, to my mind, makes me remember people is when they just ask a really smart question on the back of an answer I've given. So that would be my top tip. Yeah, perhaps building on, on that, Simon, as well, perhaps the habit we, we try and uh, encourage people to adopt, because we don't want to give them too many actions to do, but perhaps the habit is, as you say, when, when, you, when you're at an event, when you're, or you're on the line, you're asking someone a question, make sure I always ask two questions. You know, in other words, at least one question, then one follow-up. 
and that becomes a nice habit almost to keep, to keep as as your as your go to approach. Yeah, I, I I would just um I'd loop back around actually to the alignment of yourself and organisations and. I think a useful tool to use would be um, a personal SWOT analysis. Um, so thinking about your strengths, your weaknesses, um, the opportunities available that are out there for you, and potentially well, the, the threats sounds like quite a, a strong word, but um, you know, the barriers, the potential barriers, the limitations um, that you might be facing. Um, and there you know, lots of questions that are underneath those four key areas but if you spend a bit of time working through your own personal SWOT I think that that will bring out a wealth of insight both for yourself but also for the type of organization that um, would suit you best. Great thank you Um, okay so we'll put those action points in the show notes as we did with the last episode. Um, Thanks so much for listening in today and a special thank you to our guest Melina um, for joining us in this discussion and we hope you come and listen again for episode three. 